You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Hey, hey, friends, it's Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. I'm so happy that you're here today. I'm always happy that you're here. I mean, what's there not to be excited about? You are here. But I want to let you guys know that I am especially grateful for our guest today, and not only for our guest today, y'all, but for every guest who has been on this show. I am just so um, amazed, really, at the people that God has connected me with who are just as passionate about marriages and relationships as I am, people who give of their time. Y'all, this podcast is free. You hear me? F-R-E-E free. And you all are getting information that people spend thousands and thousands of dollars paying for in most of my guests' coaching programs and my coaching program, heck. So I just want to start this off with gratitude for our guest today and for every other guest who has been on this show. So speaking of our guest today, I loved this conversation. You all, we have with us today Mike Frazier, MD. I feel like it's like the Doogie Howser MD. Mike Frazier, MD. I should have called him that throughout the show. Mike is a psychiatrist, not a psychologist, which he actually corrects me on in the show. You'll hear that. Um, But Mike is a psychiatrist who helps high-achieving Christian men have more intimate marriages. Amazing. He is also the podcast host of Strong Marriages, Strong Men. Women, you are going to want to listen to this podcast. Men, you need to download this podcast. You need it in your life, believe me, okay? So today, Mike and I talk about love not being demanding. And y'all, he was dropping these like three-step programs. Like he was like, you know, so what I tell my clients is like in this step, this step, this step. And I'm like like taking notes over here because it's just such good, practical, simple information. When you guys finish listening to this episode, you're going to be so encouraged. You're going to be like, I can do this. I don't know why I second guess myself. I don't know why I'm flustered and frustrated in my marriage. I can do this. And I want you all to walk away from this conversation feeling encouraged, feeling challenged in some areas. Because you know what? If we're not being challenged, we are not growing. So you're going to grow today, okay? But before we get into the conversation, I also want to make sure that you guys have your Love Is Workbook. And speaking of the workbook, somebody actually emailed me a couple weeks ago and said, Dana, this is a journal. I have my journal. I'm writing in my journal. And you know what? Maybe it is a journal because you are writing notes. You are also writing the answers to the discussion questions that I pose in the workbook. So whether you want to call it a journal or a workbook, just get yours. Get yours today if you don't already have it. You can find that at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash love is every single episode has a workbook page or two. So it was meant to go in cohesion with this series. So whenever you're listening to this series, maybe you're listening to it in real time, the day that I release the podcast episode, or maybe you're listening to this episode right now and it's been weeks or months since these podcasts were posted, still get your copy, okay? Because you are going to want to go deeper in the information that we share. All right, my friends, are y'all ready? I love this conversation. Mike and I probably laughed for like 35% of the whole interview. Like he's funny. I love funny people. We could talk about deep marriage stuff and still have a good time. So I'm excited for this one, guys. You're going to enjoy it. Let's jump into my conversation with Mike Frazier, MD. 
excited to talk to you, Mike. And I was telling you a little bit in the intro that I'm also trying something new on our Facebook page. So for those of y'all who are not already uh, a member of our Facebook community, you can just simply search Real Relationship Talk on Facebook, and uh, we would love to see you over there. Mike, you are a podcast host. You are um, a literal psychologist, right? And marriage coach and all of that. And so your podcast is called Strong Men, Strong Marriages. And um, I'm really excited just to to talk to you today. As I was telling you kind of in, you know, we were chit-chatting before we started recording and I was saying that so much of marriage advice seems to be geared toward women. And so the fact that you've got this whole podcast community that is geared toward helping men and not only men, but high achieving Christian men, which I want you to kind of talk about that. Like, why is that your niche and, uh, and how do you help these men in marriages? Yeah. So yeah, thanks for that introduction. So yeah, I'm a, actually a psychiatrist, the, the difference being like I went to medical school where a psychologist would not. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the, the high achieving part comes from mainly my own kind of story. So, you know, like I, I'm a doctor, I went to medical school, I, you know, a pretty driven person, you know, accomplished a lot of things. And I think, with that comes some problems <laughs> when it comes to marriage. Um, you can kind of see marriage as a competition in a way, like you're, you're trying to win. You know, it's easy to feel like your wife owes something to you for everything that you've done for her, whether that's financially or emotionally or whatever. You know, sometimes you get admiration from people at work or, um, because you're in one of those higher positions. And so, you know, you come home and then you feel like your wife should do that same thing. And if she doesn't, you kind of get frustrated about that. Um, the, the Christian part of it, I think comes in where sort of that same idea, you know, if you, especially like if you were like, didn't have sex until marriage or, you know, you're being faithful within marriage, you kind of feel like, well, you know, then, we should be having sex often because that's just how it's supposed to be. Um, it's so like, I had a lot of those thoughts in my marriage and I think a lot of high achieving Christian guys kind of carry some of those same beliefs and they just really cause big problems in a marriage. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at helping guys see that and overcome that because I had to, you know, do that myself to really create a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that you talk about the kind of comparison that happens in between marriage. And we did a, a, a show, I want to say it was like episode 13, 14, way back, where I talked about comparison in marriage. Like oftentimes we talk about like, don't compare your marriage to somebody else's marriage. But when you have two high achieving people in the mm-hmm. same marriage, it can be easy to compare yourself to your spouse. And I really want to talk about this whole idea mm-hmm. of um, I'm doing more than you. You know, we're doing this whole series on the yeah. podcast yeah. right now called Love Is. And so we're talking about today, love is not demanding. Love does not seek its own way. You did an episode on your show, episode 75, Don't Ask, What Do You Do For Me? And I listened to that episode and I just thought every man needs to hear this because we can get caught up in that whole tit for tat. I think, what do you call it? The mosquito? You call it the mosquito mentality or something like that? Yeah. Talk a little bit yes. about that. Like what, what yes. is the mosquito mentality? So it's this cycle and it really is, it comes down to what you're talking about. Kind of this, well, I did this for you. And so you owe me something back. So what guys will do, especially a Christian guy, right? Where we're kind of in this mindset of like, you know, 
serve first, you know, do, do nice things. So you come into your marriage and, you know, you're doing nice things. Like if you've read the five love languages, you're like trying to do all of those. You know, you're trying to give her gifts or, you know, give her attention and, you know, do acts of service and spend time with her and plan date nights. Um, you know, you're writing her notes, doing all like the, you're kind of like checking all the boxes of what a quote unquote good husband should do. But like, you're expecting something back. And typically what guys are expecting back is attention, appreciation, affection, and sex. And so at first it kind of works because like your wife doesn't maybe see it the first little while of marriage, but eventually she kind of knows that, you know, you're, you're trying to get something back. Like there's strings attached to your service. Um, I call it a mosquito cause I call it, you're trying to suck off, you know, these things, you know, you're trying to suck off her attention. You're trying to suck off her, you know, approval of you basically, you know? And so, Eventually she stops giving you those things because she knows it's manipulative, basically. Um, so then you get mad, right? You start getting frustrated. You either explode at her. And this is where that idea comes in of like, what are you doing for me? Right? So you'll say something like that to your wife. Like, well, everything, I do all this for you. Why don't you do anything for me? Or, you know, um, you know tell me what you're doing for me. Cause here's like the, the 500 things I'm doing for you. Right. Um, and a lot of times the wife will kind of, think, oh, actually he's right. Right. Like I, he does do a lot for me, but I'm still not attracted to him. And I don't really understand why, but that's how I feel. And that gets really frustrating for everybody. But what's actually happening is she's picking up on this mosquito energy, right? That sure. He's, he's doing nice stuff, but there's an ulterior motive there. It's like, it's a manipulative move really that he's doing. Yeah. And I think most women are very intuitive. And so yes. if, if a husband is doing all of those things with the ulterior motives, it's like most women like that, that's going to be filtered out very, very quickly. But I want to talk about yeah. these husbands. We, I think the women that are listening right now are like, where do you find the husbands that are reading the books and doing the love languages and writing the notes? Because we don't know where those kinds of men exist. <laughs> but <laughs> for the men that are doing that, God bless you. Keep it up. Uh, but, you know, there are a lot of women who do feel unfulfilled in their marriages, even if their husbands are, quote unquote, doing all the right things, or maybe they're not abusive or they're not out here having affairs. But there's just like this right. this mismatch in connection and they can't figure out how to how to get that back. So. How do you might help men? You, you you mentioned about how to become more attractive to your spouse, which I love because uh, again, it's yeah. it's like flip flop. A lot of times when we're thinking of being attractive, a lot of that is geared toward women. Women keep yourselves up, be pretty, look like this, look like that. But very mm -hmm. rarely do you hear someone tell a man you need to be more attractive to your wife in these ways. So, what are some things that men can do in order to become more attractive to their wives? Yeah. So, you know, the way that I like to look at it is, you know, step one is we have to eliminate all the negative, unattractive behaviors. And what that boils down to is, is basically our feeling state towards our wife. Right. And so if you are feeling resentful towards your wife, if you are feeling like, you know, that podcast episode you mentioned, like, oh, what are you doing for me? You know, that's coming from anger and resentment. 
right? So we find the kind of thoughts and feelings and the behaviors that come from those thoughts and feelings. We have to find find them, right? Find the problematic uh, thinking. But that's that's the way to conceptualize it, right? Is if you're feeling angry and resentful towards your wife, you should not be surprised that she's not attracted to you. That's just how it is. Like we're attracted more to emotional states and intentions, right? So for example, like you could, you could give your wife a, a flower, but that could either be coming from a place of, Hey, I love you and I appreciate you. And here it is. And that'll be received really well. Or you can come from it from a, well, yeah, well, I guess I'm supposed to do this. And you know, if I do this, you better have sex with me later. And then that's also going to be picked up because your feeling state is more like a, hey, uh, I'm owed something. And your intention is to manipulate. And so that gets picked up. So really it's about generating feeling states and intentions that are attractive. And really like the way that I'm thinking about it more and more lately is you're really just trying to live in the fruits of the spirit from Galatians Mm -hmm. 5.22, love, peace, patience, self-control, right? Those, those things, or, you know, the love is, you know, in in Corinthians, you know, all those Mm -hmm. elements of charity, right? If you look at it, they're all feeling states, basically. And so when you can live there, first of all, you feel way better. And then second of all, you're way more attractive to your wife. So, you know, that's what it boils down to, but where feelings come from is your thoughts and beliefs. And so that's why we have to kind of do some work and figure out how are you thinking and feeling towards your wife? What do we need to adjust there? The other big part is how you're thinking and feeling about yourself, because a lot of times guys really rely on their wife to build up their sense of self-esteem. So Mm -hmm. like for me, you know, like I give this example on my podcast. But, so like I, I take pretty good care of myself. Like I work out, I eat well and stuff, but I would, after my workouts, I would literally walk up to my wife and like flex in front of her uh, <laughs> because, because I want her to just like, tell me how attractive I was. Right. Or how like, uh, she's like, can you get out of the way? I'm trying yeah. to cook. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Right, I'm doing this, this, uh, I'm doing an email or whatever. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of a needy place to be coming from. Right. And it's not that it's wrong to work out and exercise, right. That's a good thing overall, but you know, the intention is that mosquito intention, right? Tell me I'm great so I can feel good about myself. Right. Have sex with me so I can feel good about myself. Mm. So We've got to work on you coming from a place that is, no, I already feel good about me and I'm here to serve you, help you. Also like having enough self-confidence to actually ask for what you want. So, you know, if guys are like, oh, you're not doing anything for me. Like it's very whiny. It's, um, and very unattractive, but if you can like actually identify, well, here's actually what I'd like for you to do. And here's why. Right. Uh, and I understand she can still say no, but at least getting clear on what you actually want, like that's way more attractive than just whining and, you know, complaining. Oh, yeah, you're not doing anything for me. Right. Or just assuming, you know, my husband and I, yeah. Sean, we we talk about this all the time. Like just literally last night he had been working all day. And so he's like having Charlie horses in his legs and all this stuff. And so he's we're like sitting on the couch watching a show and he's like, oh, my leg. Oh, he just keeps saying his leg is leg. Now, I know that he wants me to massage his leg. <laughs> but because I'm a good wife, I'm going to make him ask. Right. <laughs> so I'm like. 
So I'm like, oh, man, your leg, man, that must suck. Your leg hurts. Huh? He's like, oh, yeah, it hurts so bad. Oh, look, 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 look at it. Look at the, you know. And so he's showing me the thing. And I'm just like, wow. And he's like, what if I, do you think it'd help if I go sit in the massage chair? Because we got this massage chair in our house. And I was like, maybe. And then he goes, oh, I don't even know if I can make it over to the massage chair. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. So I said, would you like for me to rub your leg? And he goes, I mean, if you want to, if you think that'll help. And I'm like, this is this is a mess. Like, why is it so hard for for men to just simply ask for what they want? Yeah. So it's a, it's a great question. I think one that is useful to have. It's, so, it's such a good example. Super, it's, it's perfect, right? Very like, <laughs> very real life. So, um, so yeah, I th- there's a couple reasons. I think one is we're afraid to ask because one might be we haven't identified what we want. Like, so in this case, he, he like, yeah, my leg hurts and what I actually want is for you to massage my leg. But the, the second one is that we're afraid it's, that it's going to get turned down, right? Um, mm. And that kind of hurts, you know. When we when we ask for something we want, and our wife says no, like it, it it's it's hurt. It hurts when that happens, right? And that but that is what you have to be willing to risk, right? That's courage, you know, to actually ask for what you want. It does require courage. Um, so yeah, we're kind of afraid they're going to say no, or it, what it sounds like kind of what was happening here was like he's trying to control your emotions, right? Mm. He's trying to not inconvenience you by asking you to do this, right? So oh, I want her to be comfortable. It's going to kind of make her uncomfortable to give me a massage. So, I, you know, I don't want to make her uncomfortable. So I want to ask. So he's kind of like basically taking on your emotions, um, which seems like a, a caring thing to do. But at the end of the day, it's not. It's actually still uh, what I consider a one-up mentality um, where you think, Oh, like my, my wife can't decide for herself, right? She, like, I have to kind of manage that for her, um, is really what's below the surface of, uh, I'm trying to, you know, be nice to her. What's actually below it is, you know, she can't decide for herself. So I have to kind of decide for her. Yeah, it's funny, you know, when we just say, Oh man, my leg hurts, you know, honey, would you, would you massage it for me? Probably you would have just said, yeah, sure. That's mm-hmm. no problem. Right. right. Yeah, After I finish show. watching my show. Yeah. No, <laughs> sure. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I would have been like, sure, come on, put your leg up here. <laughs> right. But even, but even then, yeah, even after you watch your show or whatever, I mean, that's good, right? See, you sound like you have good boundaries with yourself and your husband, which is important. So yes. like, um, yeah, it could just be after the show. But no, I think that's why it's kind of those three reasons. We don't identify it. We're afraid of getting turned down or we're so worried about, you know, our wife's response that we're just like taking that emotional responsibility on us. You know, you mentioned something that I think is a hot button topic, but that a lot of marriages deal with. And it's the whole idea of men asking for more sex. Um, A lot of men who feel like maybe they're not getting enough or they're not getting it as often. And what I find in many couples, it's a, it's a sensitive topic where one, one partner feels unfulfilled. And so most men, I feel, aren't going to just come straight out and say, like, I need or want to spend more time with you. I want to be more intimate. 
I feel like a lot of men either go internal, right? So they just like don't say anything at all or they'll act out, whether that's watching porn or God forbid, having an extramarital affair. And yep. so that is also, it's, it's manipulative and it's it's also demanding. It's It's not always like being verbally demanding, I think, but also like you said earlier, just kind of trying to control your spouse's behavior by not being communicative. So for the women who are listening, I think a lot of women are married to men that are overbearing or insensitive to their needs, um, who can be intimidating at times. So how can women respond to a husband who is like this? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what seems to catch the guy's attention is uh, when you let them know what's attractive or unattractive. Um, so if he's like, oh, you know, like, we just don't have sex enough or, or they're like, Oh, like, you know, you try to say something, they don't listen. It just, it seems to catch guys' attention that phrasing, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Hey, when you act this way, that's not attractive to me. And then it kind of wakes them up like, what? Like, Oh, and, and then they start kind of thinking, Oh yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe my wife doesn't actually want to be around me if I'm yelling at her or not listening to her or telling her what to do all the time. So I think just like for your, for the ladies listening, just use that phrasing. Hey, when you do that, it's not attractive, man. I don't like it. I'm not attracted to you when you do that. Yeah, that's helpful. I think a lot of women might be like, dang, that sounds mean. Like, is that, is that, would that be perceived by a man as being rude? And I guess the the thing, you're not saying you are not attractive. You're saying that thing that you're doing is not making you attractive to me. So yeah, I think that's important that we think about, okay, you're not calling your husband unattractive, but you're really pointing out a specific behavior that's not attractive to me. Exactly. Yeah. When you do this, that's not attractive to me. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. like that. I don't like being around that. Yeah. And so is it, is it mean? I would say it's standing up for yourself, you know, to get a different result, you got to do something different. And so, you know, if you, um, if you are unwilling to say that things aren't going to change and Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll be more effective than just complaining about it. Right. Or saying like, well, I don't like that. We're not bringing it up at all. I'm just kind of trying to deal with it. That, that will never fix anything. Um, it, it's going to be a change, right? It's going to shift stuff up. But if you say, Hey, when you do that, it's not attractive. Right. And he gets more upset. I think that's probably the fear, right? Is if I say that he's going to get even more upset, more mm-hmm. riled up, you know, then the response is, yeah, like, that's even now it's even less attractive and I need to mm-hmm. walk away. Right. Yeah. Like now yeah. I actually don't feel safe and I need to walk away. So just, just describing your internal experience with those behaviors, right. I'm not attracted when you do that. I'm actually, I'm scared when you do that. You know, it reminds me of one of the kids when you act that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I don't like that. You know, I want to be attracted to you. I want to have a great relationship. But when you do that, I'm, I don't feel it. It's a more direct conversation, but that's how things start changing. On the flip side, you know, I'm thinking of, okay, we've got these men who can be very overbearing and insensitive, but then we also have men who are very lazy and passive. And by lazy, not necessarily physically lazy, but maybe they're lazy in the relationship. They just suspect, oh, I'm married and the relationship's going to be what it's going to be. 
And so then I feel like there are then women who become very demanding because they're dealing with a passive husband who seems very uninterested. So if, if a woman is married to a very passive man who's not really putting forth the effort in their marriage, what is a better way for her to help motivate this type of man to do what he needs to do? Maybe give me an example of something that you see. Like, so for example, yeah, like for example, a lot of the couples that I work with are um, most of the time the couples coaching that I do is initiated by the wife. So I'll have mm-hmm. a wife that will say, I'm reading the book, Dana, I listen to your podcast. I'm, you know, signed us up for this marriage conference and my husband either won't do anything or he'll reluctantly, like I'll have to force him to listen to an episode or I'll have to force him to go to this conference with me. So they feel like I'm doing all the work here and my husband is not reciprocating and I want my husband to be invested and I don't know how to get him invested without being demanding or without being um, itchy with a B. Uh, you know, how do I get him to, to do these things? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, when I, the, the way I work with people is um, I use a, a model that kind of goes through like, okay, something happened here's the way you think about it. Here's the way you feel about it. Uh, here's what you do. Here's your intentions behind it. And here's the result, right? So call it state fair model. So that's basically how it works. But anytime that someone puts in their result, someone else doing something, I always tell them you're in trouble, right? Mm. So if your result is someone else does what I want them to do, it just, it's not going to work because you can't control it. And the more you try to control it, the worse it's going to get. And that's probably what these women are experiencing, right? Like, no, come on, come on, come on. And he just like pulls back even more. Not right. Doing it, right? It's a power struggle at that point. Because the truth is, you know, when, when I talked to begin about guys being manipulative, that's what's happening here on the other side. Basically, you are being manipulative because you're trying to force him to do something, think a certain way and act a certain way. So you're taking more of like a mother child position and it just that's not how you want your marriage to work right you Mm -hmm. want to be partners in it and so yeah what i say is really it's about requests and boundaries is what this comes down to get clear on what you actually want from your husband first because like a lot of women will say oh i want my my husband to go to therapy or you know i want to go to this conference but they actually don't want the conference they want their husband to do something Right. Right. They want the outcome of what they think the conference is going to provide. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So actually getting clear on that, right? Like, hey, I would really love it if you would plan a date night, you know, every week for us. You know, then when you make a request, here's the, the secret, right? You need to give a reason why with it. So there's, um, there's a funny study on this, uh, like a Harvard study where they had people, this is a while ago, so people would like wait in line to make copies. And so they had someone try to cut the line and say like, hey, can I cut the line, right? So I'll have you take a guess. Like if, like what percent of people do you think just kind of let them cut the line when they just said, hey, can I jump in line here? Yeah, close to zero probably. So it's actually 60%. 60%. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, Surprise. Yeah. So if you will just make a clear request, a lot of people will say yes, just because mm-hmm. you've actually taken the time to be clear on what you want. But the next thing that they did was they had them come up to the line and say, hey, can I cut in line because I need to make copies? 
Okay, that's all they said. So mm-hmm. what percent do you think said yes that time? Probably like 90%. Yeah, right right about there. Yeah, it was like 92%. So there's yeah. just something about when we actually give a reason for our request, you know, there's something about it that just makes us more likely to want to do it for the other person. Mm-hmm. It, and the thing is like that reason didn't even make sense, right? Because I need to make copies. Everybody had to make copies. But right. there's just something about the reasoning, the because that made a big difference. So, and then the third one, they were like, hey, can I make copies because I'm in a rush? And then that one was even higher. So a reason that made Mm -hmm. sense was the best, (laughs) but even any reason was still good. So if you're like, let's just say it's, it's date night or or you tell me like, what's a common thing that they actually want their husband to do? A common thing they want their husbands to do is help out with the kids more. Uh, That seems to be a big one. Awesome. Perfect one. Perfect one. So like, but you can't just say that, right? That's the thing. You got to get specific. So like, Hey, Todd, I would love it if, you know, when the kids come home, if you could help them do their homework, because I think that would be a really good way for you guys to connect. It also gives me time to kind of relax or make dinner or, or whatever else. You know, would you be willing to do that for me? When you come at it like that, what are the chances he's going to say yes to that? Yeah, higher, much higher than, hey, much. Todd, we need to go to a parenting conference in Wyoming <laughs> for three days. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that you can learn how to help the kids with homework. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah, it, for- it forces you to get clear on it, right? Because it, maybe it's, it, it just, and you don't want to make like a ton of requests at once, right? Just kind of mm-hmm. think to yourself, what would really kind of like move the needle here? What would, what would be really useful for me? And then again, give the reason why, right? If you want to throw into that reason why, I think I'd be more attracted to you if you did that. That'll probably help too. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, but so that's request, right? And then there's boundaries is the, is the flip side of a request. So a uh, request is what you want the person to do. Then a boundary is what you're going to do if they don't follow through with it. You always have to come back to that because you have 100% control of that. You actually have 0% control if he's going to help with homework or not, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if he says no what are you going to do, right? Are you going to divorce him? Maybe you are. Are you going to separate from him? Maybe. Are you going to just kind of, you know, decide you're going to deal with it? Maybe. Are you going to make a different request? Maybe. But just remembering, like, you get to choose your response and just think about what that is. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I think it makes it really practical and puts women or men, if if, the, if there's a husband listening who feels like this is something that he uh, identifies with, but it puts you in the driver's seat of your own choices. Exactly. And that's something that, you know, I think it's important for us to remember is that we can't control other people's choices. And love, true love is, you know, we're talking about love not being demanding. It isn't like, I'm going to do this so that you can do this. And I think that's the thing that we have to remember is that true love is it's a hundred percent our choice. It's never about manipulating somebody else to do what we want them to do. Right. So this is really, really helpful, Mike. I mean, I think it's when I'm listening to you, I'm like, well, yeah, like why that, that just makes such perfect common sense. But sometimes we go all around the mulberry bush instead of just like, again, asking for what we want, making these very simple requests, um, and then giving each other the space to decide. So yeah. I would love for you to kind of tell us a little bit more about what you do, your podcast. We're going to link to all of that in the show notes of the oh, podcast today. But yeah, absolutely. How do you help men? And uh, what would you, how would you want people to contact you if they want yeah. to? 
Yeah, great. I appreciate that. So yeah, Strong Men, Strong Marriages is the podcast. Actually, I've been uh, having more like women have like sent the podcast to their husband. <laughs> I'm sure they have. <laughs> I think it's funny, um, but, but good. Well, I'm glad, you know. Um, but yeah, Strong Men, Strong Marriages is the podcast. You know, a lot of guys that I work with hear about it from there. I think, you know, it's just kind of a nice way to learn, you know, cause you're listening to it and stuff. Um, so that's the podcast, my website, you can either do strong men, strong marriages.com or, uh, Mike Frazier, md.com. And uh, that's spelled F R A Z I E R M D.com. And then on there, there's, you can either, there's a free training that I'm, I'm going to update it. It's just going to be how to be more attracted to your wife in seven days. So that'll be out in the next little bit. So it's like a seven day kind of challenge. Like here's some things you can do that'll help you be more attractive. And then I do a, a group coaching program uh, that's 90 days that helps you do exactly this, right? It helps you identify your problematic ways that you're thinking, feeling, and acting. It helps you create new ones. So we do that together through coaching. And then the third part that I think most coaching misses is we do a lot of mental rehearsals of that. So like, did you, Dana, play play sports or do music or anything like that? I cheered and I played the flute very unsuccessfully, but I did play. <laughs> I was like ninth chair, but that's all right. I was in the band. <laughs> uh, so for cheer, right? For cheer is a good one because like, you know, you, you go to the game or whatever to cheer, but before you go to the game, you've done a ton of practice. Right. right. Like you've rehearsed those movements over and over the first time you do them, they're bad, but then you refine them. Right. And then they're really good. So we, um, in a marriage, right. Your game is your interactions with your wife. My job as a coach is to get you ready for those interactions with your wife. Right. Mm -hmm. And how do you win? How do you win the game? So the way you win in your interaction with your wife is you behave in a Christ like way is what it boils down to. And there's a lot that goes into that, but that's kind of the, the main point is you behave in a way that you can be proud of, that you'd be happy for your kids to see and model. So that's how you win. It's not your wife's reaction. It's how it's you being able to be proud of how you acted. What tends to happen is your wife does become very attracted to you when you take this approach, right? Mm -hmm. When you really are very conscious of behaving in a way that God would want you to act and that you can be proud of. Like that is the natural consequence, especially if you've got a wife that is, you know, also a follower of Christ and that likes that, you know, mm -hmm. but, but really like women, they're attracted to that, to a guy who has his emotions together, who behaves in a way that's kind, even when it's difficult. That's what women want. Right. So right. when you do this, that's what happens. So occasionally a guy will come to me, right. And they're like one signature away from divorce and it's tougher there. Right. Because you've got a lot of negative experiences that your wife is trying from and a lot of fear that you're just going to go back to the same old behaviors. And there's always that fear anyway, but just like depending on how extreme it is, right, it's a little bit harder for her to believe like things can change. Either way, it doesn't matter. Your goal is the same. It's still behaving in this way. It doesn't matter what her response is. Anyway, I've got to get off track, but but the, the point is we rehearse it right? We get ready for those interactions. And so I ask guys to do the rehearsals. They're accountable for that every day. And guys are just getting really amazing results by doing it this way. I'll have a book coming out sometime next year uh, as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mike, this has been such a great conversation. We yeah. appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dave. It's been a pleasure. I really loved that conversation, y'all. I really 
appreciated what Mike shared. Again, if you have not already checked out his podcast, Strong Men, Strong Marriages, look it up on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are played. You're going to want to add that one to your subscription catalog. Speaking of subscription, make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast. Subscribing to a podcast just helps you to get in the know and stay in the know every single time a new episode is released. So thanks again, Mike. This was such a great conversation, such great laughs, and um, I really appreciate you being on the show. All right, my friends. Well, the time has come for us to end, but I do want to make sure that, again, you have your Love Is Workbook slash journal. You can grab a copy of that at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash love is and be sure to check out Mike's website. You can find him at MikeFraserMD.com or again, just Google search strong men, strong marriages. You can find the podcast there. You can find his website there and let him know that I sent you over. Why don't you remember, as we always say, a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.